welcome, fellow traveller, to the Tent Talks podcast, where we fight bad ideas with good ideas. Join Dr. Stephen Backhouse and friends as we pursue the renewing of our theological, social, and political imagination. From time to time, churches and other groups hire me as a tent theologian to act as a sort of consultant, helping them think Christianly about whatever it is they're going through. St. Luke's Church in London hired me a few months ago to go through the Sermon on the Mount with them, and I recorded a series of conversations with the Vicar John and with other guests who came and joined our conversation from time to time. They were kind enough to allow these recordings to be released on the podcast. I hope you enjoy hearing them as much as we enjoyed making them. of Dig Deeper. It's great to be with you today. Uh, but we are here with Dr. Stephen Backhouse. Are you okay today, Stephen? Oh, all good. All good. Yep. We are looking at the Sermon on the Mount and we have, we covered so much in the last episode that actually we didn't get to cover the very last bit, which we want to cover right. as a beginning uh, platform. But remember, we are in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount uh, we are in the middle of Jesus' case studies of how to live out that mandate to love God and love our neighbours. And he's using these phrases. You've heard it said, but instead, I uh, ask you to do this instead. Uh, and But we're going to transition most of the, this time together. We're going to transition into this passage in chapter six um, with a little bit after the Lord's Prayer. So we'll skip ahead a few verses um, to verses 16 and 18, uh, because it kind of brings that same theme into it so we'll do the lord's prayer in a separate session i'm guessing we'll do lord's prayer in a separate session exactly right, right. there's right. too much to cover uh, we're going to begin um with the verse that we ran out of time to cover in the last episode uh which is uh, verse 48 of chapter five and then we'll continue into chapter six and then we'll have some fun so let me read this for us uh, from nt Wright's kingdom translation well then jesus is saying You must be perfect just as your heavenly father is perfect. When you're practicing your piety, mind you don't do it with an eye on your audience. Otherwise, you won't have any reward from your father in heaven. So when you give money to the poor, don't sound a trumpet in front of you. That's what people do when they're just play acting in the synagogues and the streets. They do it so that people will be impressed by them. I'm telling you the truth. They've received their reward in full. No, when you give money, don't let your left hand have any idea what your right hand is up to. That way your giving will be in secret and your father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, you mustn't be like the play actors. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners so that people will notice them. I'm telling you the truth. They have received their reward in full. No. When you pray, go into your own room, shut the door, pray to your father who is there in secret and your father who sees in secret will repay you. Then go on to verse 16. When you fast, don't be gloomy like the play actors. They make their faces quite unrecognisable so that everyone can see their fasting. I'm telling you the truth. They have received their reward in full. No, when you fast. Tidy your hair and beard the way you normally do and wash your face so that others won't notice your fasting except your father privately. 
then your father who sees in private will repay you. Ooh, be perfect. Easy. Yeah, so let's begin with where we were trying to end last last week, but we didn't quite get there. So be perfect. That's okay, because these, these chapter breaks are just made up after the fact anyway. So it's right. all arbitrary, right? So, so how do we navigate this verse? I mean, this is a verse that kind of, I don't know, it certainly trips me up. Be perfect as your heavenly father and put this mandate to be perfect. Well, it's connected to the earlier on in the sermon where he talks about your righteousness should surpass that of the Pharisees. And if you'll notice the very next verse, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Very next verse, make certain not to practice your acts of righteousness before men, right? Or your, your translation said piety, but yeah, but it's the same. It's the same idea here. It's acts of righteousness. So yeah. your righteousness should surpass that of the Pharisees. And then Jesus says, be perfect. Here's how to practice your acts of righteousness. So it's a, the, the theme is connected here. And if you will remember when we talked about the acts of righteousness or let your righteousness surpass that of the Pharisees, it's Jesus saying, you have heard that it was said, but now this is what I tell you. So he's not saying be really good at following the pharisaical law. He's saying be really good at following my law. So being perfect or following uh, having righteousness that surpasses the Pharisees is to now follow the way of Jesus, not the way of of the old ways right and that the way of jesus is somehow connected to the old ways it's a fulfillment of the old ways it's not a destruction of them but he's saying like you can be perfect or you can follow perfectly the way of righteousness by following me not by following the things you have heard that it was said right mm -hmm. and the word perfect there is it has to do with telos which i'm sure you've heard of or seen the idea of teleology or telos is the word for like a like a target Okay. So it's, it's the idea that hitting, hitting the mark. And so it's like, be perfect. Aim, aim for the center, aim for the target. Because that's where your father is. Or aim for, okay. aim for the target as your father is in the center of the target. Because the right. first challenge, of course, when people read that, particularly with the translation is perfect. Yeah. Is that it's unobtainable. It's uh, impossible, you know, to be perfect is as my father's, you know, the standard, I mean, I guess that makes sense in the light of, Paul saying, you know, all have fallen short of the yeah. glory of God. That you know, that God, God sets the standard. The bar is up here, but it's not even. I mean, Jesus is quite unequivocal. It's not like aim to be perfect. It is just be perfect. So yeah, that, but look, a lot of people challenge with it. I know, but you're isolating this one verse. the The whole thought world, the whole thought is coming from love your enemies. Remember that the Father makes it makes it rain on the just and the unjust alike. He's a, he's always merciful. So be perfect like your father, right? That's the thought world here. It's don't greet only your brothers. Isn't that what everyone does? Be like your father. So the, the context here is not just every random act you might do. It's specifically within the world of neighbor love, nationalism, tribal identities. It's specifically within that world okay. that we're talking here. And... Uh, uh, and then also the acts of righteousness. So it's, it's kind of how you carry yourself in public or what your attitude is towards other people and how you like to be seen. This is the thought world here. And so we started by talking about enemy love and turn the other cheek and love your neighbor as yourself and love, love your enemies and don't treat foreigners, treat foreigners like your neighbor, act like your father, be a peacemaker who makes it rain on the just and the unjust. So this is all going on. And then he says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. 
And now he's going to talk about acts of righteousness. So this is a connection here to do with how you see yourself and how you how you're relating to other people around you. The other thing that's interesting is that uh, I just seen this now is that all these challenges to the behavior that's gone on before, be that murder and anger or mm-hmm. lust and adultery and telling that, you know, swearing oaths mm-hmm. is he's challenging. He's bringing the pub private into the public. Right. So all those acts are about or the personal the, into the public. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Taking that which is going on in 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 your own mind, you know, your inner life. Yeah. Yep. Your inner life and bringing that and says so this is this has the same significance as your public box ticking. Yes. Right. And what's interesting here is he's saying, take that which you're now displaying in public. Yeah. And put it back into the right. private. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of t- it's almost like they've been living, you know, this kind of ethical life in the public sphere where he says, hang on a minute, you've not even thought about how this affects your p- private and personal life. Um, exactly. So actually, this needs to be brought back into the public sphere. And so yeah. you, you know that your your personal thoughts about somebody affects them. Yeah. Affects your relationship with them. Yeah. But yeah. take that which you've been displaying in the very public on the on the street corners and in the market square. Yeah, right. And put that back and actually close the door on that and put that back yeah. into your private. Yeah. Flips it round. Yeah, I know, right? And it, and it's interesting that the hinge is this word be per, or this phrase be perfect as your father is perfect. That there's this sort of hinge moment. Yeah. Kierkegaard, you know, my favorite philosopher, he he talks about the the inner should be commensurate with the outer. So your inner life and your outer life for him, this is like what, but when you're an authentic person, when you're living with authenticity, that's when the inner and the outer are, are the same. You're the oh, same person, that. right, on the outer, in, on display as you are in your own inner life. And it's so countercultural, just that statement, to, you know, right. the, you know, I'm not talking about in the Christian sphere. I think there is still an element to which we, there was an expectation that's true, but right. certainly within public office, be that politicians or business. Well, we punish. We punish public figures for admitting their doubts or weaknesses or questions publicly. Like, yeah, we think it's weak of somebody if they admit they were wrong. For example, we punish. Oh yeah, them. it's all. It's just a horrible context right now where yeah. you know. Yeah. There's no grace. There's no. Free, and Tim Keller wrote a great um, article recently on the lost art of forgiveness. I can't remember exactly how. Okay. Like the lost art of forgiveness. It was something else, but um, yeah. very yeah. helpful kind of thought-provoking we've lost we've lost the art of forgiving people we've lost the art of grace even even within our public discourse that wouldn't necessarily overtly say that we were christian of course it wouldn't no of course even just that sense of we've always i guess even within a kind of increasingly secularized culture we've always slightly had this idea that if somebody apologizes then we say yeah great we can move on none of that now uh, or increasingly less of that Um, and i think what's interesting is that we also don't have expectations that w- how people conduct themselves in private should have any impact uh, on right public. it's really interesting i mean even i mean you know even uh the matt hancock issue yeah uh, where he was obviously caught in in the arms of another woman yeah and uh who was not his wife uh of course they're both married they both have children um there's there's something there about what that's done to the families there and of course it's it's really devastating for those families but it's really interesting how the uproar was much more about well hang on a minute he wasn't doing social distancing and that was where the concern was it was and and there's there's hypocrisy in that and so there's there's right up outrage that 
he was breaking the laws that he was telling us all to commit <laughs> all to abide by um but there was no real comment as about as about whether that was and even even our church leaders even the public voices around from the church was much more kind of outraged about the social distancing issue than about the adulterous issue that actually what somebody does in their own time with their own relationships is their business well you do know who our prime minister is right yeah. like the 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 cows bolted from that barn a long time ago right but you kind of expect your church leaders to say well hang on a minute these this is two families now that have been devastated by now i'm oh, not yeah. picking, i'm not picking on matt hankle hankle yeah, what i'm just yeah. saying is that and there's grace of course for him and for all of us you know there's no judgment in that sense however there is a reality that our acts have a our private acts have a public impact and yet we've wanted yeah. to divorce you know who i am at home doesn't make any difference to me, my ability to do the job that we've lost that sense of well does it matter that if you're and again i'm not making any direct reference to to, to particular politicians mm -hmm. or otherwise but does it matter that if you lie at home right exactly yeah. does that have any bearing on the fact that you might lie in public office potentially i'm not making any, any allegations i'm not saying but no, does of course that, it does i'll make the allegation of course it does yeah, but that's that's the whole point, right? It's about integrity. It's about, like you said, Kierkegaard saying, you know, your inner life and your, they should match, and that's why. I mean, it just it just is part of pointing out what we were talking about in a couple of weeks ago, where being an honest, like living honestly, it's not going to grease the wheels of the social. You're not going to climb the ladder easier. Yeah, it doesn't make life easier for you because there is a real sense that to even get to some of these public positions of power the amount of compromise and lying and inability to inability to tell the truth like the public will not accept it if you tell the truth there's so much lying that is required that you are just a compromised person and this is why it becomes very difficult for, for followers of the way of jesus to be in some of these positions because yeah. of what it takes to have to even get there the whole system is designed to reward lying and punish truth-telling which is why the church should ultimately try and position itself as a prophetic yeah. voice yeah not we, one that's embedded it, it can't yeah. exist within yeah and i say that as part of the uh, institution you know and, and but, but we have to be careful when we build our own institutions that like i i know loads of christian institutions that reward lying and punish truth-telling every time you find some christian leader who's caught in a quote-unquote moral failure Behind that, you will almost certainly find somebody who's become isolated in their position. Mm -hmm. They've become like a celebrity or a big fish in a small pond, and they cannot admit yeah. their weaknesses. They cannot admit their weak their habits. Yeah. They cannot admit their thoughts. Yeah, because they will be punished. They yeah. will lose their job. They will lose their fame. They will lose their positions. Yeah. So we have created systems which reward lying for well, a time. Sorry. And then punish truth telling. Uh, it's certainly reward hiding. Yeah, exactly. Lying. You know, and 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 that happens all the time. So it's really not just a. Again, being a Christian and following the way of Jesus are two very different things. <laughs> Here we go. We talk about being private and we yeah. talk about being hidden and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but but like like we said, Jesus is flipping this on its head. He's saying, you know, that yeah, that's a good point. I never noticed that before, John. That which is privatized. Yeah, has a public impact. You can't think of your you know, your personal thought life as, as being, oh, uh, it doesn't affect anybody. It does. And then he switches here and says, but yeah. hang on a minute, all your prayers, all your fasting, he goes on, don't make a trumpet about all your giving, all the kind of the spiritual disciplines. 
you know, so this thing about the giving. So in the Hebrew world in which Jesus is talking or the, the, the Jewish context, acts of righteousness were all of that was one way of talking about all the things that you did to 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 follow the way of God. Right. To follow God's reign. And they would all just the blanket term for those would be acts of righteousness. So being righteous means being right with God, being in line with God's will. And there's lots of acts of righteousness that you can follow. But by Jesus's time, what like the main one, the one that was the kind of umbrella over everything was giving alms, giving to the poor. That was seen as like the parad paradigm of an act of righteousness. So there are lots of acts of righteousness, but that one became the, the, the kind of main one. Right. So when Jesus talks about acts of righteousness, he immediately starts to talk about almsgiving. And, and, and one of the things that they, that obviously is happening here, he expects you to give to the poor. He's expecting you to give alms. He just doesn't want you to do it so that you will get praise from other people. It's not the giving of the alms. That's the problem. It's the doing it so that you will get praise. Yeah. Okay. So this is the uh, this is the thing that's talking about here is that public that living your life in such a way so that you will get praise. That's the thing here, and it, you're right. There is a sort of public, uh, private distinction here, but it's not about like stop being part of the world. He still wants you to give to the poor, right? He's not saying separate, retreat into your own little inner island and never have anything to do with anyone else. Yeah. He's saying when you have when you deal with other people, don't do it in such a way that you're doing it to get praise. And he's, yeah, essentially, he's talking about motivation. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know you know. I'm sure you've been around Christian circles like this where people say that means we can't pray out loud together. Right. And it's like no, that's not the point here. This that's is not, not the point. Yeah. It's not the point here. It's not. It's not about we can never pray out loud together because that's it's it's not a, again it's not a legalism. It's a heart issue. It's what, yeah. why are you doing what you are doing? Exactly. Yeah. It's to interrogate your own heart. And, and the same action is still like the poor people still get the, the alms, right? Like yeah. at the end of the day, the action looks, it might be exactly the same. You might give 10 pounds to a, a, a street person and do it so that everyone will see you. Or you might give 10 pounds to a street person in secret. Yeah. Either way, the street person gets the money, but it's what's going on with you. That's what yeah. Jesus is caring about right now. Yeah. Yeah. So these play actors, is this just a, I mean, well, I, I it's a good word, right? It, it's yeah, actually the word is it? hypocrite. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which is a Greek theater word. You know, this is where uh, we get, do we get the word hypocrite from the theater, which okay. is the, the play actors, people who put on a show. And people who put on mask, isn't it? Is it yeah. some sort of mask, yeah. mask yeah. wearing? So Jesus is like, Hey, those people over there, they're just putting on a show and they're getting what they wanted. They wanted applause yeah. and they got it. Yeah. 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 So don't be like that. And again, there's this like, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. It's it's one of these exaggeration, humorous exaggeration yeah. things yeah. that we've Jesus has often done already in the Sermon yeah. on the Mount. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that like go to such yeah, like really I, I think it's interesting, like a lot of our attitude, you gotta pay attention. A lot of our emotional and intellectual energy goes into finding ways to exempt ourselves. From the Sermon on the Mount, you'll find a lot of people, especially about violence, but other things as well, money as well. Like we put a lot of effort into like, I know Jesus said this, but here's all the reasons why we're allowed to exempt ourselves from this rule. 
That's here, the way here, most thoughts go. Here are the sub-clauses. Yeah, and we pay way more attention to finding ways it doesn't apply to us. Yeah. But here, it's the exact opposite with Jesus' thing. He's like, I want you to try so hard to obey me, <laughs> to find ways to obey me, that you would even get to the point where you might not know what your right hand is doing. Like, you know, the idea is like, put all your moral and intellectual effort into doing this rather than exempting yourself from it. And that's one of these things here. It's like, yeah. it's, a, it's very similar to cut off your right hand or gouge out your left eye or leave yeah. your gift at the altar it's similar attitudes here it's this extreme like what kind of extremes are you going to go to 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 do this rather than to not do it mm. yeah it's good here because he also um affirms the kind of three three very core spiritual practices that christians and indeed yeah right. uh, Jews, Jews have practiced over the years those have not fundamentally changed the spiritual practice of prayer the spiritual practice of giving spiritual yeah. practice of fasting yeah, it's really that's really interesting. And he doesn't deny any of those things. No. And Jesus is quite happy to say, you have heard that it was said, but I tell you. I mean, he's very yeah. happy to do that. And he doesn't do that here. And it seems to me that those are critically important because they show all of them show uh, they are a way of, if you like, challenging your own heart to depend on God more. You know, each of them. Every time you give money, you're saying. I'm depending on God for my provision. Every time you pray, I'm depending on God for the answers to my prayers rather than me pulling every lever I can. Every time I fast, it's a reminder of my own humanity and my own mortality. Mm -hmm. Like I, I need food to survive. There's, um, a, there's also something going on here of idolatry. Uh, in fact, I forgot to mention it. And it's a theme that runs throughout the Sermon on the Mount in other places as well, uh, where you, when you give so that you will get rewards from humans like when you give money so that i will look at you and praise you you are now expecting from me what should only come from god yeah so you have now made an idol out of other people like you've you've turned other people into god yeah right so this is partly what's going on here as well which is when you give rick give so that you get the reward from the person who's the right person to give you the reward yeah yeah. Don't give in such a way that you've become a, an idolater. Yeah. It's similar to the to the uh, oath taking that we looked at earlier as well. And it's going to be similar to do not judge, which comes up again. Because it's like, don't take for yourself or don't put onto humans what rightfully belongs only to God. Well, you're absolutely right. Because all of those things that we've just all, all talked about over the last few weeks, all of them are about our own fear or desire, both both and fear of and desire in a human response yeah exactly well, you know, right yeah. truth telling fundamentally as i as i see it is the reason we don't tell the truth is rooted in a fear of others yeah right and and is is and is rooted in a kind of my identity and how i frame my own sense of affirmation who i am is in is in how others respond to me yeah it lust you know i can you imagine what it would be like if people really saw the thoughts right. through my my mind, you know, right. fear yeah. of other people, that sense of you know distance, and 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 it's you're right, is that we're in all of these cases we're more fearful of other human beings' reactions mm -hmm. than we are of God's. Yeah, we're more fearful of other people as our judge than God is our judge. And in this case, it's not about judgment, but it's about reward. Uh, you know, it's yeah. when we're more enticed by the immediacy and the uh, temptation, as it were, of of um other people's reaction to us mm -hmm. than we are about gods you know and also when, there's a sense of like you're gonna get it too like 
you know how Jesus says, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. It's like it's kind of like you're going to sleep in the bed that you make. So yeah. if you do your acts of righteousness to get praised by people, you'll get it. You'll get your reward in full. You'll get what you want. You know, it's it. It's kind of like, yeah, that'll that'll that will work. <laughs> uh, are you going to be happy with what you've got? That you'll get what you want. So make sure you want the right things because you're going to get it. It's definitely the, uh, something I you know struggle with. I'm a kind of affirmation guy. I like to, okay. I like words to, of affirmation. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a words of affirmation guy. Like I, I like to be praised. You know, that's how I that's how I know I'm loved, you know, kind of thing, you know, putting it out there. I don't know who's going to be on this podcast listening to me, but that's that's kind of what, you know, other people are gifts and and time and all this. But words, are, you know, being affirmed. And there's a there's a there's part of that. All of us want to be affirmed by our boss or by our uh, partner or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to know that we're doing a good job. But for some of us, it's a kind of it's a major thread. And that's definitely the case for me. Yeah. And, right. Um, and I and I think. The, the challenge with that is that eventually, eventually, you, if you depend on that, it will let you down. Mm -hmm. Eventually. Mm -hmm. You know, so eventually you're, it almost becomes yeah. an addiction. You know, you, you, you seek to get affirmation from your boss and you seek to get affirmation from the institution or the, the, the arena that you operate in, be that academic, be that in work, be that with you in your friendship group. And eventually mm -hmm. you're like a drug. You will end up wanting more than it can give you. Mm -hmm. And, and it will let, eventually let you down and, yeah. and, and, and you get bitten on the backside because of it. Well, I this is Jesus saying store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. Yeah. Right. And, and so that's yeah. that's the thing is that actually if we are placing our affirmation, you know, as it yeah. were, on uh, in receiving the praise because we stand on the street corners for whatever it is in life. Yeah, right. Eventually it will come up short. Eventually we will run dry. Eventually it will let us down. I mean, you see that all the time. I mean, in a most in a much more dramatic way, but tabloid newspapers do this all the time. They build somebody build up. up to tear down yeah. to tear down of course and eventually the very thing that you have kind of caught it i see it time and time again you know in our media people yeah. who caught the media they get the headlines they're you know they are the the beautiful person they the are darling the, of the day yeah. The darling yeah exactly the media darling that's right um eventually they come crashing down yeah but not because they necessarily have come crashing down because that is the cycle eventually it that yeah. deception and that we have bought into that sense of I need my affirmation from this place. And because it is not God, because it is not consistent, because those institutions and those people are flawed, yeah. eventually yeah. they will let us down. Oh yeah. Whereas they're, God they're sort of designed to eat to to eat out people and churn them out. Like that's yeah. a lot of this stuff is designed to do that. Yeah. Really. I mean yeah. the media the media as we, we talked about there's there's a deliberate strategy in there but even the places where there's not a deliberate strategy within our friendship groups or family where we've sought affirmation yeah. in an unhealthy way in a dependent way yeah eventually that will let us down eventually i will let my wife down if i haven't done so multiple times today already eventually i will let my children down eventually they will let me down yeah so, so seeking affirmation from even the most close of relationships is never going to fulfill that that space and and so when when in this passage, when they're saying, you know, pray, fast, give in private and your father will reward you. That is substantial. It's meaningful. It's eternal. 
it won't run dry, it's dependent, it's consistent. It's all the things that we look elsewhere, but actually will end up. And it's a bit like that passage we talked about in, um, in Mark's Gospel, where he talks about the itching ears and, you know. Um, people, right, don't give itching ears what they want to hear. People playing to the crowd, you know. Yeah, playing to the crowd. Uh, this, is, this is a fun, this isn't some profound thought, but this is just a fun his detail here, is that the, the prayers that Jesus is talking about, so in uh, verse 5 here. Yeah. They were three times a day. A bit, you know, think how Muslims pray three times a day, right? So uh, Jews prayed three times a day. Yeah. They had set prayers. They would recite the Psalms. And everybody had to do it at the certain time, at the same time all the time, no matter where they were. And so what would happen was various Pharisees that Jesus is making fun of here would, would deliberately make sure that they were outside when it happened. They would, they would be just, oh, I happen to be on the most popular street corner right now. I guess I better do my prayers. Like they would set out from their home so that they would be at the street corner when the time for prayer came. Right. Okay. And so Jesus is, is not saying like, stop praying in public. He's saying, stop, <laughs> stop arranging your life in such a way that, that you're, you're just going to be seen by other people. Yeah. Uh, arrange your life the opposite. What if you, because he says, he he's affirms the praying three times a day, by the way, which is interesting. Huh. When you pray, and the prayer he's talking about here is not like an inner quiet prayer, because they had yeah, those okay. as well. He's talking about when you do the three times a day praying, he's assuming you're going to do it, which is interesting for those of us who think that Jesus was all against that kind of activity. When you pray three times a day, design your life so that you will be alone when you do it, not in public, which is interesting. It is that is interesting because I, I'd not I'd not seen that ever before, um, and actually the church rhythms that I'm part of anyway, there is an expectation at least um, that there is morning prayer, yeah, midday yeah. mass or midday yeah. communion, and evening prayer. Like yeah, those it's a three. deeply Christian. I mean, it goes back to Jesus, the, the, yeah. the or before Jesus, but yeah, the three times a day praying is actually a deeply Christian thing. It's it's it was happening before Christians called themselves Christians. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and 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 then we're not going to talk about the 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 Lord's prayer in this episode, but the Lord's prayer is so instead of reciting all the the various traditional prayers, Jesus says, "Here's another prayer I want you to recite." Like, so I'm going to give you is again a new rule for a new people of God, a new set of prayers for the new prayer time, and he gives he gives the Lord's prayer, but he's replacing one liturgy with another one. For yeah. Sure. Amazing. Amazing. And then it's similar to fasting as well. So there you go. Tidy your hair and beard the way you normally do. Was that a, was that a Jewish ritual? Yeah, it's just it's just like you don't when you're fasting, you don't again, it's not rocket science. It's just like it can take a toll on your body when you're tired <laughs> and hungry. Um, go out, go out of your way to avoid looking like you're tired and hungry. Yeah. If you know, the idea is like, do what it takes so that people you're not doing stuff for the praise of other people. Like that's what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not um, it's not this kind of expectation that you're going to live a complete secret life and like never let anyone in on your real life what you're really yeah. doing. It's not saying that. He's just saying like, what, what, what would it take to make sure that you're not doing what you do for the praise of other people? Yeah. If it takes washing your beard before going out, well then wash your damn beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I quite like that little line that he says, you know, they they fast and then they contort their faces as though unrecognizable. It's like, oh, I'm so hungry. Yeah, right. That's the play acting there. That's the that's the Greek mask. Uh, the tragedy and the comedy masks, right? It's like yeah. they're going to these extreme lengths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I think this would have been a humorous. I can there's there's a number of little hints and moments in the gospels where Jesus is kind of make, he's making fun of the Pharisees and it's delighting the crowds. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that one scene where he said, and the crowds were delighted <laughs> and, and you get a sense that, he, that there is a real, uh, a kind of a humorous well, barbed a, attack here on people. He's kind of an observational comedian, isn't he? It's a bit <laughs> like that. Yeah. Like taking, taking things and looking at like taking one step away and saying, you know, Michael McIntyre is like the, you know, par excellence, you know, regardless right. of what you think about his comedy, he all he does is say, look at this very normal thing that we all do. Yeah, right. Isn't this ridiculous? And is I think it, it was held as, when people are delighted by it, it's also because they feel somehow they've been repressed by something and now they're free or they're, yeah. it's yeah, like their yeah. way of showing that they're free from it. Yeah. So like a comedian will make, will observe something about life that we all find repressive or annoying. Yeah. And the fact that we get to laugh at it is a form of gospel. It's a form of freedom. Freedom, yeah. And Jesus is doing that. I would hastily add that that he also had Pharisees on his team and he also ate with them. So clearly Jesus wasn't waging a war on on uh, every Pharisee everywhere. But yeah. he did identify the pharisaical mode of being yeah. as one which deserved to have some lights exposed. It deserved to be exposed for what it was. Well, it's, it's, and when he did that, people felt that as gospel. They were delighted. His 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 beef was not with the people so much as the, the structures no. that people were trapped by. Yeah, exactly. And Pharisees were as much trapped by they that. They were trapped by it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and he releases Pharisees from various uh, life habits that have trapped them in yeah. the gospels as well. Yeah. yeah. So he's even releasing the Pharisees right now from having to play act. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Because he says, hey, I want you to keep praying, Pharisees. Keep doing it. Keep doing what you're doing. Just do it this way now. Yeah. <laughs> so helpful. Well, we're going to come to a close there. Stephen, it's been great uh, to have you with us. Thank you for listening. Thanks to David Backhouse for the theme tune and to Chris Marchand for editing and all the other music. This show only exists because of support from listeners like you. If you have found something we made to be useful, please consider becoming a patron at the Tent Talks Patreon page or leave a good review on whichever podcast platform you use to listen. This really helps. For more information, visit www.tenttheology.com. <laughs>